Hey listeners, my name is Elisha, the founder of the Witnesses Podcast. It's so beautiful to have you listening to our podcast. And I want you to know something that that means a whole lot to me. Thank you for tuning in. And one thing I love to tell all of our listeners is, it's not just about you listening, but listening to understand. Understanding is the most important thing. So important. So, you have to listen, learn, and practice. Thank you so very much and happy listening. Ada, it's nice having you on the show. Welcome to the Otters Book Show. Thank you so much. Okay, so, yeah, to start with, let's begin with your uh, introduction. Tell us your name and some more important information that you've got to make about you. Alright? I didn't hear the last part, sorry. Okay, I said your name and any sort of important information that you've got to know about you. You get it now? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, my name is Heather Hancock. I am an author and a writer, um, and I've been writing for most of my life. Um, but this book that we're going to talk about today is my first published novel. Um, so, yeah, it was four years in the making, and um, I'm just really pleased to have it um, published now. So, I have cerebral palsy, have had since birth. And um, I was able to work in healthcare for 22 years before I was medically forced to retire. Um, so I took up my writing seriously after that. Um, and I've really been doing it for four years, um, very seriously. So I've had short stories and serial stories published online in magazines. And uh, I have three or four anthologies I have chapters in. Some are fiction, some are poetry, and some are non-fiction. I'm a multi-genre author, so that is a little bit about me. And I live in Saskatchewan, Canada. Oh, okay, so let us get started with it. I will ask you uh, two questions, okay? And after those questions, you know, start to talk to us about your beautiful book. Because I tell you, um, Sister Lust, that's a kind of attracting title that you definitely want to know what about this time okay so the very first question is what inspired you to write that book sister lost you got it okay. it the inspiration for sister lost i think came from god mm-hmm. um the main character claire um He's on the front page of the book and is represented in the painting behind me. Yeah. The, front, the front cover of the book is the painting behind me. Okay. I had a friend who's a famous or a relatively famous author here in Saskatchewan. Um, he's, he did it for me in full canvas um, and then JPEGged it so I could use it for the book cover. And then I designed the rest. So anyway... Back to the inspiration. Um, Claire appeared on my screen during a 15-minute writing sprint about four years ago. Um, And from that, I wrote a backstory on her relationship with her mother, 
that's in one of the anthologies that Coffee House Writers put out in 2020. Uh, it's called Everything is Relative. Um, and then from there, she just wouldn't leave my mind. And so I started to do an outline, just a basic generic outline. And then I did a chapter outline. And then I realized which way God was going with this. So then I just did a free write of the first draft, which is what I always do. I just, I don't edit, I don't do anything. I just let the story flow and the characters take me where they want, <clears throat> where they want to go. Um, and then I, then I go through the editing process afterwards. Okay, beautiful. All right, so the second question is, how did you come about the title? Sister lost. How did you feel about it? That? Well, that was that was a long story because Sister Lost actually wasn't its working title for most of the first draft. Um, it wasn't until after I'd been to an alpha reader and I got some feedback, and they were like, "Your the original working title just doesn't work, so you're going to have to pick something else." Mm. Um, <clears throat> And then how I came up with the name for it is, without spoiling any of the story, there is a, a part in the book where Sister Lost is mentioned as a title. So yeah. um, <clears throat> it seemed appropriate then to bring that forward as the title since it will tie in to the story as the reader gets there. And I forgot to mention the other thing I wanted to do with this book is it deals with a part of Canadian history that younger generations aren't aware of and many in my generation aren't aware of. So it deals with how the disabled were treated from the 1800s through to the late 1980s to the early 1990s. Um, so again, without giving too much of the plot line away, that is a, a main part of the story. Um, a little later on in the book. Okay, now it's over to you. Tell us about your book. Sister, one year. Um, do you want me to like read a part, or do yeah. you just want a little bit more of the storyline? Yeah, I, I like to leave a little bit of mystery to it simply because what I want for the reader is I want them to to go with Claire on her journey okay. uh, through the book. So I'm trying not to give away too, too many details. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, um, Claire is a nurse. Okay. She is a very efficient and very, um, uh, her colleagues, her colleagues look look to her for guidance. Um, so she's very well established in her own profession. But in her personal life, she's very much introverted um, and a loner. And that comes from her past, which the reader will find out. Um, and then one day she gets a letter in the mail, and. It, she's she's being asked to attend the reading of her grandmother's will and since her mother can't attend um, she attends so 
It is in, during that meeting that she finds out that her grandmother has left a bequest in her will for her. Mm. And that bequest actually turns her world upside down. And everything that she believed yeah. was a lie. Ooh. Yeah. So the rest of the journey is her search for the truth. <clears throat> and she has no idea how that's going to play out. But she's compelled on this journey. Um, and as she goes along in the journey, her faith comes into it. Um, and she grows in her faith um, as the story progresses. So I can read a little bit from where she's in the lawyer's office at the reading of her grandmother's will. Um, at this point, the will has been read and... The lawyer has passed her a sealed envelope um, from her grandmother. So Claire reached for the sealed envelope, which had yellowed and looked quite old. She opened it carefully and withdrew a folded letter. As she opened the letter, a picture fell out onto the table. She glanced down at the old Polaroid with its yellowed edges and stared into a pair of eyes that she knew. Those were her eyes, but she had never seen this picture before. Her mother had took, sorry, her mother took only one photo of her as a baby. So why did her grandmother have a different one? And I'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa. Oh, easy. So, 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 what a great story. What a, you know, the, the title is so, so um, attractive. Like, you want to know what about this book? That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And, you know, the author's book show, we inform the listeners about the program and how important it is for them to get any other's um, book you understand so with the way you just read an excerpt from your book i'm so sure that you so he got to get the book because right now i feel like getting the book and start reading <laughs> <laughs> okay that's so so so, whoa, so great okay if i may ask you mm, mm -hmm. what about is there any maybe any part of you you'd like to talk to us about that might be of big help maybe either ways because I love to listen to people's story. Okay. So is there part of your story? Any part of thought? Yeah, I Yeah. Okay. Um there's a little bit of me in Claire and there's a little bit of me in one of the other characters that come along later. Ooh. Um and and it's two different kind two different parts of me. So um yes, I mean I, I was born premature, um, very premature, back before a neonatal intensive care units existed, um, and I weighed one pound six ounces at birth, and was just put in a regular incubator. At that time, there were no ventilators for babies born that young, and for some miraculous reason, I was producing something called surfactant, which allows your lungs to not 
stick together so they can inflate when you draw breath in. So I was never intubated and I could breathe on my own, which at that point of gestation, there's no medical reason for me to be able to do that. <laughs> that was just God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they gave then they gave me a two percent chance of survival. I was basically my mom was and dad were told to name me because I would die within 24 hours. Um, but that didn't happen. So um, fast forward to the age of two and I still wasn't walking. But my younger brother had started to walk, so I was trying to imitate him or to follow his lead, sort of. And that was when they realized that something was not quite right because I kept falling. So they, at that point, they took me to a specialist and I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy at the age of two. They told, <clears throat> specialists told my parents that I would never amount to anything and that I should be put into an institution. Me? And that is the part of the Canadian history that the book addresses. So, um, thankfully my parents did absolutely not. <laughs> and they found a doctor who uh, sent me to the university when I was three for an IQ test. <laughs> and at the age of three I had the IQ of a five-year-old. So the doctor said her disability is purely physical. Because in that day, I was born in 68. So when I was three, it was what, 71. So at that point in history, the belief in the medical system was that all children born with cerebral palsy were retarded. Mm. That was the vernacular of the day. And, um, that I proved that that was not the case. And then the next fight was to get me into the public school system. Because <laughs> back then, disabled children were out of the public eye. They were put into special schools or they were in the institution. So it was good for my education, bad for my social life because the other children had never seen a disabled person or a disabled child. So I was bullied through school um, from kindergarten through to grade 12. Um, so yeah. And there were other things that happened. So by the time I was 14, I was very suicidal. Um, and it was at that point that God literally ran to me and, and saved me. Can, yeah. Can you, can you tell me from now, God found you? How did it happen? Did you, did how, you, yeah, how God found you. Oh, okay. He sent a singer to my school. And he was singing Commodore songs back then. I don't know if you've ever heard of that group, but it was, <laughs> it was Lionel Richie and a few others um, from that era. Um, so he was singing songs that were very familiar to me, and I actually was all excited because I thought it was Lionel Richie, but then figured out it wasn't so <laughs> well um <clears throat> so he serenaded us through lunchtime and after he was finished i i was compelled to go down to talk to him which was very unusual for me because i was very depressed and i wasn't talking to men at that point 
because I'd been molested when I was 12. So, um, yeah, I kept my distance. I don't remember what we talked about. It was too long ago now. But he gave me a ticket to a concert he was um, having at the local Pentecostal church. And um, long story short, my dad agreed to take me, which was another miracle because my mom was very biased against holy rollers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we had been going to the United Church, which is extremely traditional, um, and Holy Spirit's only mentioned in the doxology. Um, so here I was, 14 years old, by myself in this church, um, and they did a praise and worship session before uh, the singer, whose name is Chico Tahamaso, came out. Um, and then there was also a speaker for the night. So I was wondering what I got myself into because I'd never been in a Pentecostal church before, and the church I was in certainly didn't sing songs like that. Yeah, okay. People were throwing their hands in the air and having yeah, yeah. <laughs> praises to God and, yeah. and speaking in strange yeah, tongues yeah. I couldn't understand. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I was like, where's Chico? That was all I wanted to know. Is <laughs> <laughs> and so after that, he came out and he saw me and his face lit up. So that made me feel better. And then I just listened for the rest of the, the presentation, the fellow that was giving his testimony, which was new to me, as in the United Church, there is no testimony giving. Um, <clears throat> but this fellow, his life did not mirror mine in any way. He was into drugs and all of that kind of thing. Um, but it was like a, there was a tug of war going on inside of me. And when he did the altar call, which was also new to me, it was like the rope snapped. I don't remember getting up, and I don't remember going down to the front. I just remember finding myself at the front with tears pouring down my face and looking over at Chico, who had a big smile on his face from ear to ear. And I, I said the words of the prayer that the, the fellow prayed, the sinner's prayer. And when I said amen, in that moment, God's love surrounded me and filled me completely it was amazing and I knew in that that instant that the God of the universe loved me yeah you did. so I had a purpose for living from then from then on so that's what I mean when he ran to me that's that's the story <laughs> you've got so so beautiful stories dare you Stellas, Sistellas, beautiful story. Your own story, so beautiful. Okay, so, so you, know, you know, I found you so interesting, and I love how you're talking to me about all of these things. All right, but I have another question. Like, all right, take for instance, there is someone who is feeling like you are closer, you love him, you are closer to now it's looking like there's no way such person can because look at look at the situation happening and you tell me God loves me. Look at what I am passing through and you tell me God loves me. So 
how would you talk to such person? Which advice would you give to such person? You know, you mentioned something on how after you received the new life of Jesus, and now you were filled with the love of God completely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So how would you what would you say to such person who seems who feels like God doesn't love him or God doesn't love her? You got that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I would remind them that God's love is not like any love that we experience on yeah. this planet. Mm-hmm. It's very different. It's unconditional. Um and that there's nothing that they've done that he can't forgive and isn't wanting to forgive. And they simply just have to open up to him and let him in. Um so that he can heal the damaged parts of their heart and their soul and their mind and their spirit. Cuz he can do it in an instant. Yeah. Um and that not to confuse God's love with man's love cuz the two are very very different. Um God is not like But any any man here on earth. He is um He is his love is so beyond anything that we can comprehend even just the glimpse that we get of it um is just the tiny tip of the iceberg so i would just encourage them to give him a chance um and to not the other thing i think people often think is that they have to um they have to be better people before they can come to God like they have to address their sin or they have to you know what i mean no no god god deals with all of that you come as you are yeah. and he accepts you as you are in that moment yeah. Yeah. for me i was suicidal i was depressed i've been told over and over again that i didn't deserve the air that i breathe So that does something to a person after a while you start to believe the lies, right? And they are lies because every person on this planet is unique and every person has a purpose. And every person's story needs to be heard. Mm-hmm. I love that fact. <laughs> um so in my book I'm okay. telling Claire's story. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, beautiful. You mentioned something about purpose. Purpose, you know, it's just so so amazing how you came about finding your purpose because your book is the lost. Oh my goodness! Just the tips of the iceberg that you shared with us. I feel like we're having a coffee here. <laughs> You understand so yeah yeah so how yeah how did how did you come about finding the purpose after the app did you just wake up one morning and say okay I'll start writing or how is that the app Well no I've been um re- I I was a contributing writer for Coffee House Writers which meant every two weeks I submitted Uh, a short story or the next part of a serial story 
So I've been doing that for about a year. So I was very much into the writing process. And part of the, the way that I find helps to create is called is writing sprints. So a 15-minute writing sprint simply means you have your blank screen in front of you. Somebody says, okay, time starts now. And you just take a deep breath and let whatever happens flow out of your fingers into the keyboard. Um, and at that point, I was needing to start a new serial story. So that's what I thought I was doing. And Claire appeared on the screen um, and started. For me, I envision the characters in my head. Um, and then sort of the story unfolds like a movie in my imagination. And then I type it out at the same time, if that makes any sense. Um, <laughs> so that's what I did. And then there was another writing sprint a week later, so I kept on with the story. And then, like I said, it just grew from there. Um, so that's how that happened. That's what I challenged, so now. Okay. So, um, I have another question. Uh -huh. okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Your your book What is your or what are your expectations? Like not from just the physical aspect of the reader's life, but from the spiritual standpoint. What are you expecting after people with this book? What do you think um, your book Sister Lost will do? the reader's life, maybe physically or spiritually? Yeah. That's a really good question. Um, and one that I actually deal with in the afterward of the book. But when God, God and I were partnering in this book, I didn't write this by myself. Yeah, yeah, seriously. When, when God and I were partnering in this book, my prayer to him was, Please get this into the hands of the people that need it. Yeah. And whatever need they have, Lord, need it. In the words of these book of this book. Um, and there's different, again, not to give the story away, but there's different ways he could minister to different people depending on their situations. And yeah. even just basic salvation, there's that's very that's part, yeah. That's all dealt with in the book too. So, <laughs> so yeah. That's so 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 so. You see, you're I must confess, you're such a mm, brilliant author. You're so brilliant, and aside that brilliancy, you also have the love of God because I could perceive that when we discuss about the love of God, and that's so beautiful. That's so, 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 listeners, anywhere it is that you're listening from, you've got to go get this sister lost. So important, very, very essential. It's such a great book that you must purchase because I'm so, so eager to go get a copy and start to read all through. <laughs> so you must do that. It yeah. is, yeah, it okay. is available on Amazon. Right. I don't know. If yeah. you have Amazon and where you are, yeah, um, it's, it's in the U.S. and Canada and the U.K. I know for sure. Yeah, 
but it's supposed to be global. So if there is Amazon in West Africa, then um, then it should be available. Okay, so I think, what about a link, uh, yeah, a link to your book? Will you share uh, that? Yeah. Okay. Did I, did I send that to you or not? Uh, maybe you share that with me. Uh, don't worry, it will be something, but you share that. Maybe yeah, I can put it into the chat here if you no, want. No, 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 okay, you can put it now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's do that, do that, do that, do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now it's a beautiful moment with Heather. Oh. <laughs> Bear with me one moment. All right. I will. I'm just. Do you want the U.S. one? Is that the best one? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's a little bit slow because we're on Zoom. <laughs> okay. And on to chat. Okay, we got chat. You have it? Yeah, I have it. Alright. Okay. It's only in paperback right now. I will get the electronic book done eventually, but this was the format that God seemed to want released first. So I was obedient to buck the trend. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. You know, you, you, the word you use, you partner with girl to write sister laws. That's such a, that's such a, how would I put it now? It takes only someone who loves God and understands his existence, you know, his existence. Yeah, to how to such work, you partner with God. That's so beautiful. Okay, so to round, to round up with, is there um, any maybe book you're planning to work on that you can share the title with us, uh, the ones you have? What do you think? Well, like I said, I'm a multi-genre author, so I have a couple of projects I want to work on next. The first being a book of poetry, and I haven't got the title for it yet. So, Because um, I have the poems all written. I've been writing since I've been 13. Um, but God said to me that he wanted me to tell a story with them. So he and I need to partner together to figure out how to do that, because I don't know. Um, and then the next thing I want to work on is turning one of my serial stories into a shorter novel. Um, it's there's 20, no, 12 parts. Yeah, about 24,000 words done of it. So it just needs a little bit more. Um, and then depending on the reader's feedback, I've had three or four readers already to tell me they want a sequel to Sister Law. So if I go back into Claire's world or not, um, <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> Alright, so the round of it, would you like to yeah, see anything in conclusion? See anything in conclusion? 
I just want to thank you very much for having me today. I'm very honored. And thank you, your listeners, for um, tuning in and finding out about my book. Um, I am from Canada, so a little far away, but um, technology makes it possible to be on podcasts in West Africa. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so thank you so very much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. So that will be the end of today's interview. It was nice having you on. Thank you so very much. So I'll thank you for having me. You will get a mail once the interview is live. Thank you so much, Peter. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you too. To be sincere, I enjoyed it. Every bit of our conversation, I enjoy. <laughs> Seriously, I enjoy. And I know Me that too. the listeners will definitely enjoy. Thank you so very much. And thank you for eating to the call to write Sister Lust. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> All right. That's good. All good. glory to God. All glory to God. All right. That's mm-hmm. good. To the end. Have a nice day. Bye. Yes. Thank you for tuning in to this incredible episode. Your support means the world to us, and we truly value you. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback is greatly appreciated.